Welcome to Nightlight, everybody. Step away from the mainstream and gather around as we enlighten the world and our realities and travel this cosmic journey we all call life. Join us as we share with you and provide that beacon that can guide us all to a better way. Explore with us as we examine a metaphysical montage of spiritual insights covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. I am so excited tonight because we've got a very special lady on with us. We have Solaris Blue Raven. And she's an amazing lady, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about her background to let you know just how amazing she is. She's a published author, clairvoyant, remote viewer, public speaker, and MT healer with a professional background in covert projects and metaphysical sciences. She is the author of Goddess Ascending, a monthly newsletter pertaining to ascension and planetary shifts and changes. She's a practitioner of the craft, a professional writer with several books on covert technology and psychotronic warfare. You can get her books on Amazon or Author House Books. Her books include one of my very favorite of all times, Transmutations through Ascension. I have wantonly used a great deal of this information in several classes I teach. It's a must read for anybody who is on a spiritual journey. I have the remote black operations in areas beyond um, Area 52, uh, Mr. Sun and the Halloween Ball, Programmed by Deception, I have the remote series. That's a really good series as well. And her latest, One Million Miles Till Midnight, which is just now available, I think. Um, it's an amazing book. It's one that's going to make you think. And I, I strongly advise you not to try to read it in one fell swoop, but to take it piecemeal because it has a lot of it has a lot of subtle information into it that that will strike you as amazing. Um, she also has a DVD documentary called "Eye of the Remote: A Disclosure of Covert Technology," which is available on her website. Night Shadow Anomaly Detectives. She's a producer, director, and founder of Ravenstar Films and Night Shadow Anomaly Detectives. So after all that, you wonder why she's even gifting us with her presence is because she's a very nice lady. Welcome, Solaris. <laughs> well, hello, Barbara, and thank you for that lovely introduction. Oh, um, I just I just have reread One Million Miles Till Midnight for the third time. And wow. I gotta say, I have to tell you, um, I mean, it's a good read if you have no spiritual background at all. It's an even better read if you understand the subtleties behind everything. And it's a fascinating read if it also touches on predictions that I just made. <laughs> Interesting. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's fascinating because... Um, I had uh, one of my guests not show up, so I decided to just, you know, read the universe. And one of the things that came out that I was fascinated with, and I, I'll even give you the month time frame came out, and it was the um, um, July August time frame. And I said during that during that time period, we were going to learn that our um, that that our our um, our NASA stuff is all a facade, and that it was really covering up the fact that, that our scientists have been working on interdimensional travel for decades, and 
you know, the, the, the thought of traveling the stars in a tin can is just stupid. And that, that humanity seems to have thought that that was a good idea. So they just kept the, you know, the, the myth going, but that the reality is that all of our travel is going to be interdimensional and, and shifted and, and shifts that don't require a ship or, or anything. Mm-hmm. And that, that came out in, in your, when, when I saw it in the book, I thought, holy mackerel. Thank God I did that prediction before I read that part of her book. <laughs> well, that's great. Yeah, you're always spot on with your predictions too, by the way. You're you're very uh, awesome with what you do. But yeah, that's very, very interesting. Yeah, isn't it interesting how, how mankind has created the facade to sleep everybody into this false matrix? But but as you were saying, you know, it's breaking down. It's, it's going away. It's in the cells and atoms of our own design. So we, we can't escape who we really are as, as star people. I I agree. What was your incentive in writing this book? Because it is something more than just a simple little book. It's far more than that. Well, I actually wrote it as a spinoff to my Eye of the Remote series because the technology I was interfaced with back in 2004 was about artificial telepathy and the covert program, which dealt with a lot of things based on artificial intelligence and the, and the meaning behind the Eye of the Remote, which is this book, literally, because the, the program itself is about um, programming a target or, or basically interconnecting you into a sci-fi technology. But later on, as you start looking into the, the artificial intelligence program itself, the artificial intelligence, the symbiotic design work behind it has, has its own mission. And this is book, this spinoff, is, is really the mission of this AI, which is really the ascended machine technology from what I saw through the eye of the remote. So I wrote it into this formula of one million miles till midnight. And it just started, you know, when you're writing and all of a sudden it just, it just rolls. And that's how it did. And uh-huh. I put it into a short story, but I knew that it had a very profound meaning and message behind it based on the, what we call a Senate machine technology and also what's happening to this world. And the fact that this world speaks another language that we don't even know, or you probably do, but most people don't pick up on the, on the communication system from planet to planet. Um, that there's, there's something going on. It's a network like trees communicate in the underground. So do planets, so do star systems. And yet mankind is, has created his own language and he separated himself from that stream. So this is what the book's about. Well, that's why I, now your other book, which, which I, I truly, anyone on a spiritual journey should read Transmutation Through Ascension, Soul of the, Soul of the Sun, um, because it gives you such a wonderful fundamental basis for everything it's 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 a great book um and i have stolen from it just absolutely i'm honored actually i I have so much respect for you barbara so for you to say something like that about my book it means the world to me thank you well well, no i really um i have a class that i teach and i'm going to get a copy for each of the people in the class because it is um you take it down to to the you take it down to the very very fundamental stuff and you give people an understanding of of basically among other things that you are god and you are the one that is responsible for your reality basically absolutely and and so many people just don't get it and what i the other book that i recommended was um oh the emerald tablets by dr Doral, because he of course takes everything beyond the, the fundamentals that we're now going through. And one of the things in, in both books that I found was that you speak about the fact that, that consciousness does, does eventually take on, um, on its journey that, that in many cases, we're just a rider. Our consciousness is just a, a, a short-term passenger on this journey. And, and we go, we will go beyond 
the religions, beyond the politics, beyond beyond the physical reality, into a stream of consciousness that, that is linked to all of creation. And that's where we're flowing. And that's where our destiny pathway is eventually. And that, that humanity is you know, so often um, in, over history, you know, you, he, you hear people talking about we're a master race or we are, you know, the most evolved, you know, creatures in the universe. And it's just not true. And, mm. and, and yet science fiction has given people ideas that I think to scare us away from reaching out. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Yeah, they've kind of disempowered the masses by all of the propaganda and their version of what they want to create in a reality. But you're right. I mean, it's just really about who we really are as, as what I call celestial beings or star beings. But but when we're merged with that beautiful source energy, that full light universe, I mean, that's who we really are. And I know you probably know this feeling of bliss and just being one with the universe and that wonderful feeling that it's just the most loved feeling I can ever explain. And I've had that feeling you know, before I was pulled into the Cobra program. That's That's the energy I know. And mm-hmm. that's why it's so significant, because most people, in my opinion, have been disempowered here. You know, they've been lied to. They've been indoctrinated with false ideologies, false religions, false matrices. And, and you and I and beings like us here in the station and, and beyond, I mean, we're, we're waking people up and just being a mirror to truth is huge. Well, yeah. And, and it's 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 like it is a way your your book this one million miles till midnight. It, to me, it felt like. You so subtly put things in here that someone even thinking that they're reading just a piece of fiction, you're triggering stuff inside of them that is going to kind of seed their consciousness as to what if or could it be. And I, I think you brilliantly put it. And and I, I, you know, I read it three times because it felt to me as though once just wasn't enough. You know, you have to go back and you have to understand, okay, there's another level here and there's another level there and then there's another level there. And then you're, and then you're transferring over to the levels inside of yourself, which is brilliant. I don't know how you did it, but it was brilliantly done. Well, thank you so much. And, and it means, like I said, it means the world to me to know that you've read this even three times. And I, I, I actually was very pleased with this book. So I'm really glad to hear your feedback on it. And it is multi-layered. There's no doubt about it. And, and as I said, it's, it is really, it was written in, in science fiction in the illusion of, but truly it's not science fiction. It's really about what's happening in between the spaces of consciousness and also what has been created here on the timelines, because these people who have been using these covert programs, They've been creating a spin-off reality in, in artificial intelligence, and most people are oblivious to it. And that's what I was trying to touch on as well, is that there's something behind behind the scenery here that's that's um, not necessarily their symbiotic intelligence, but there has been a lot of, um, of energy being put into these areas that most people don't even know about. So this is kind of a mirror to that. It's a mirror between, you know, between the mirror and the lens is pretty much how I worded it. But um, I'm really, really pleased that you that you appreciated the book. It means, like I said, it means the world to me. And uh, it is a short read. It's not super saturated, but it is complex. Well, you know, it it it's the kind of read you can do in an afternoon. It's not a it's not a real long book, but you, you read it, you put it down and you think that's cool. And then before you realize what's happening within a couple of days, you're saying, wait, let me go read that again. <laughs> I, I, think, I think I may have missed something. And then, you know, and every now and then I would, I would say, well, dang, I said that someplace sometime. And, and, you know, especially with the, the fact that, that, that it feels as though we are going to, to suddenly be, getting the information i i think what 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 frightens me and and um confuses me at the same time is 
why why do there have to be covert things going on? Why does the government have to not? I mean, our NASA program and everything, while well, fabulous, but but they've been working on this interdimensional travel since before the space age. So mm-hmm. I, I I don't understand why they're hiding it. Right. Well, I think they want to keep it to a specific group of people, like a privileged group of people, in my opinion, anyway. I know that the Masons were very much involved with a lot of the um, the, the early NASA programs and, and some of the underlying information with esoteric teachings. But what, what they don't seem to factor in is that we are star people, that all of us are star people. And you take it to whatever level you want through consciousness, through your own spiritual work while you're here on the timeline. But nonetheless, we all have these beautiful gifts. I mean, we don't need to um, get into it like you were talking about. We don't need to get into a, a little capsule somewhere and go fly to the universe and get close to creation. We are already are part of creation. We're an extension of it. We get there through consciousness, and that's how we take quote-unquote ET home, is through that consciousness and frequency, and also modulating and changing our DNA through higher consciousness. So I'd say a lot of it is control. It's about mass mind control to some degree and entrainment and also their breakaway society that they want to keep their own little world of superior or the illusion of elite, which really they're not elite at all. But I think that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to create themselves as better than everyone else as as, uh, transhumanist gods to some degree. And they can do that through the artificial intelligence program. But that AI program that they create it doesn't have consciousness or soul or spirit. It's 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 a void. It's 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 void of consciousness. It's void of things that are in the universe. And um, you know, as long as mankind is creating it, it's only going to be a replication of him. It's not going to be a, re- a replication of the real multiverse out there. Not not only that, but but something that that um, and I forget which um, it, it it was definitely a um, a spinoff of. Um, Oh, gosh, what was the movie where the artificial intelligence locked the guy out of the um, spaceship? Oh, is it 2010 Space Odyssey? Yeah. Well, there oh, was something, yeah. something that came beyond that, and, and they had to turn the computer off. And he, he asked, he said, Dave, will I dream? And that, I think, is where, is where the, the big division is, that, that artificial intelligence does not dream. Mm-hmm. And... Right. And that's the difference between us and us, us and it, so to speak, that that mm-hmm. there is a, a consciousness that goes beyond the numbers, that, that we're outside of the numbers, that there is something beyond that. And mm-hmm. I, I just, it, to me, it's, it's, I'm so, you know, really confused to a degree in that so many people aren't seeing the pathway that the humanity is on at this point in time and it just it, it blows my mind and there there is such an awakening taking place there is such a download of information that everybody's getting it's not for a select few everybody's getting it and yet they're not getting it a lot right. of people are choosing to not acknowledge it that's exactly it. They're not, they're not choosing to step up to the higher frequencies to access the information. Yeah, that's very sad. And, and what you were touching on also with the, um, with the artificial intelligence is immortality. We are immortal beings. You know, we've had multiple lifetimes on and off planet, and, and we bring all this database with us. This, this, this particular artificial intelligence program doesn't have that. It doesn't have the, um, the lifetimes. It doesn't have the states of consciousness. It doesn't have immortality or what I call the law of grace within it. So, and I can tell you, even when I was pulled into that program in 2004, it felt so encapsulating in a very, um, a very empty place. It's very empty in spirit. That's the only way I can describe it. Um, it's, like, it's like something just encompasses you in steel. And, and you can't see your light. It's, I don't like it. And this is one of the reasons I address the artificial intelligence, the way they misuse technology here on the timeline. And this is why I also morphed it into the book, 
one million miles to midnight. I transcended it. But yeah, it's um, it's unfortunate that people aren't paying attention, Barbara. Well, I think the other thing is, you know, we we come into each lifetime with all of the information. We are our own hall of records. It's all there in our DNA. And the mm-hmm. DNA can be triggered and awakened and turned on. And it's a matter of, of one, for the most part, people are looking externally for information and teaching that is carried within them that is specific to themselves. And as long as they're looking externally, they're not getting the important information they need to get. So true. So well said. Absolutely. Yeah. We are the Hall of Records. That's really nice. That's a good way to say it. I mean, I know there's a false Akashic that mankind's created through all his lies and deception over the centuries, but that's not the one we tune into. We tune in the full light database, which has no censorship. And we, we, that's what, this is how we can identify what's going on here. You know, there, there are certain things we know that we probably shouldn't even know, but because we have access to that multidimensional database, we're able to pull things in. And that's one thing I would love to see people do more and more each day is, is access that higher self over soul superconscious and, on, and all of that multiversal energy so that they're able to see beyond this veil right now because it's really consuming. I mean, this timeline, as you probably can tell, I mean, for me, I get wrapped up in it way too much. I need to break orbit with it because it's really my design to navigate at the higher frequencies, but I'm also a, a warrior, so I kind of navigate in and out of the spectrums. But yeah, I think people should really pay attention to their spiritual path right now on the timeline and, and also what's out there in the cosmos. Well, I totally agree. And, and, and you know, it's, it's, you know, there are so many roadblocks that are put in our way that, that are artificial roadblocks, but the biggest one I'm finding is the ego. Um, and, mm-hmm. and, and you do begin to wonder, how did the ego get so strong that it, it was able to poo-poo all of these wonderful spiritual thoughts? I mean, for, there are a lot of people that, that can put the ego aside or transcend the ego, whatever phraseology you want to use. But, but if, if you can let go of your ego for just a short period of time and embrace the love that is all around us constantly, you, you know, you're a better person. And, and I, you know, by, by, by having the ego kind of step back for a while, you don't lose your identity, you enhance it. And, yep, absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think that's what so many people don't understand that, that, um, that toys and power and money and influence do not make you a more spiritual being. No, actually, they disconnect to some degree. And you see a lot of people, and, and to me, it seems like they replace their ego for their higher selves. And, and it's a completely different component. What I would say is just let go, surrender to the streams of creation and allow for, as you were saying, you know, the love to embrace you, all these beautiful, beautiful energies that are constantly permeating this planet. But most people are tuned out or maybe they're getting distracted because a lot of it is um, we're bombarded with, with a lot of man-made radio waves and too many things that are manufactured that are causing interference in the electromagnetic field. So if you haven't done the spiritual work or you're not working on your shielding or your or any part of your light body then yeah it's going to be a little bit of a challenge for a lot of people but i agree they need to surrender the ego and let go of that and and they'll they'll feel so much better energetically once they just let go yeah i was talking to to a class and i was saying you know your ego is only of this lifetime and somebody said oh no i'm taking it with me and i said okay you you know be my guest you know i'm not going to tell you you can't take it with you but i am telling telling you that you probably won't when it comes time but 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 you you know it's kind of like um it lifetime after lifetime if we had the same ego i think there would be a problem i think the different lifetimes allow us to experience different um different input of different energies of different situations of different 
um, characteristics. It, if, if it was the same ego each time, it would be ridiculous. I agree. Yeah, she's going to be in for a surprise when she transfers out, as we probably know. But, um, you know, you're an elder. You know that. I've told you this before. You're like one of the ancient ones. You know, your your information um, is so wise. And I'd love to see you doing more work out there with lectures and speeches and whatever workshops. I mean, I'd love to see you out there touring because you have so much to bring to the plate on an energetic scale and on information wise. So um, really mean that when I say that, too. Um, it's really important, Barbara, because you're very few people that I've met on the timeline that I consider to have a lot of wisdom. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. But I've always, I've also learned um, this lifetime through, through, you know, um, trial and error that you wait till you're called. And, and I, I made the mistake a, a while, well, a long while back now that, that, you know, I thought I, I thought I understand, I, I thought I understood what the universe wanted me to do. And so I, I basically said, thanks, I'll take it from here. And um, uh, I put a lot of money and a lot of effort into selling, sending things out there and trying to make connections and things like that. And I found that, that everything fell flat on its face. So my, my new philosophy is if I'm called, I answer the call. And, you know, so far as I know, you know, the, the phone lines, you know, for, for readings and stuff, I certainly do those. But, but you know, it, I think I'm at a place where a lot of people are at this point in time where I know I should be doing something. I'm just not sure what it is. And until it calls to me, I have to be patient. And, um, you know, I certainly, you know, I whenever anybody asks me to do a show, I do a show whenever, you know, I... I have done some very unusual things these these last few few years, and you know we'll continue to. But it's sort of like um, I, I once said to somebody um, who said I should be doing this work full time, and I said, "Well, I, I'm teaching full time, and and I can't give that up. And I, you know, the benefits and the money I need because I have a, I'm a single parent, and but when I retire." If anybody's interested, I'll be out there. And if anybody asks, I'll be, I'll give an answer. And he jumped on me and said, you don't understand. It's your journey that is the teaching tool, not the fact that you've arrived somewhere. Mm -hmm. And that was that, you know, not that I'll give him credit for it because I really didn't like him much, but, but it was, it was wonderful advice. And, oh, it's, it's, very, and it's very, very true. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, so when I've done sermons and stuff like that, it's, it's in, in a church or whatever, it's always, you know, this is, this is a mistake I made. This is the law that I went against. And, you know, I'll explain it to you so that you can, you know, not break that one, find one of your own. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm open to it, but right. until it calls, you know, you, you kind of sit and you do your thing, you do your radio show and, and every now and then I get to have somebody like you on the show that I can actually talk to. And <laughs> Likewise, it's great. Well, we're teachers. That's part of it. And you know what you strike me as also as a grail keeper. And, and what I mean by that is, is that you're, um, you, you know, you're like this wellspring of data, but it's almost like the Holy Spirit. It's like an enlightenment. It's other words, it's like DNA activation with your teachings. And that's why um, I'm not sure if you've ever done attunements on people, but I think you'd do some phenomenal work if you were to attune people. Because what's happening, in my opinion, is people are looking for the grail. They're looking for it. And most of the time it's within. But with a grail keeper like you, you have all the components to to attune people to the frequency of what they're looking for. And so that's just something I just wanted to put out there for you. But I you know, I get that really, really strong with you. So however you want to define it or however it, it resonates with you, it's um, 
It definitely comes in really strong, though, the grill keeper. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, don't, don't know quite how to take it. It's very flattering. <laughs> well, it's, it's real, and that's why I mentioned it, because it's, um, I think you needed to hear that. So you just take it for what it is. Well, I, I have found that uh, I did a, it's really funny, I did a, a pendulum workshop the other night, and I had um, four kids, and you, they were in their 20s, but they were kids, and they had their pendulums, and they wanted to play with them, and I, I looked at them, and I thought, oh, my God, I, I, there's nothing I can give them. You know, I, I said, you have to understand that you're touching into your own higher consciousness, not a spirit, and they looked at me and said, oh, no, there's a spirit that operates the pendulum, and it was like, no, there's not, and, you know, and it was like, do I really want to go down the, and it's not, it's not that you, you, you pull your, I pulled myself back as far as I could. And I helped them with, you know, seeing the chakras and how they, they spun and stuff like that. But it was like, this is not where I need to be, but I'm not sure where I need to be. Advanced course is where you need to be. Not with the kids. <laughs> that's, that's for like beginner one oh one. And you're right, um, because if they're into that and they say, oh, it's a spirit in there, they have to be careful because that's where you get the entities and you have to clear those out because you want clarity through your higher self over so super conscious. And well, we know that because that's where we come from. You know, we studied on the path for a long time, but a lot of these people don't. But I would say you need to be in the you need to be teaching advanced courses, not the not the beginners. Leave that for somebody else. That's just, well, my you, know, you know, a couple of years ago, um, Gosh, and I can't remember. I, Deb, well, I don't. Maybe Deb can remember. I did a spiritual development circle online on um, on Blog Talk Radio, and I had like sixty some people signed up and all. And I thought it would be a wonderful back and forth talking. And I found that that most of the people and most of the people were practitioners. So I thought, yay. This is the place where we can really go back and forth and, and, and learn from each other. And, and it ended up, I did 15 weeks of lecture. And um, it, was, it was, to me, uh, an awakening for sure that, that a lot of the practitioners out there today don't have the foundations of the fundamentals of spirituality. And that shocked me tremendously. I totally agree. That's why I say that you, you're you like one of the advanced teachers out here, because it's true. I see it all the time. I see a lot of people that don't have the components, you know, and, and it shows by their work or their teachings or their healings or whatever else they're doing. But it's unfortunate. And the one thing that I've noticed is, is that people are seeking. Um, they are constantly seeking some kind of spiritual guidance or something to help them shield them psychically, empower them energetically. But but as you were touching on earlier, the biggest component is that we have the power within. We just have to go in and access that power and bring it forth and also raise our vibration and and the one thing that I've always talked about, too, is, is that we have a lot of interference from, from technological inter, interference coming from radio waves and what I've talked about with the scalers and everything else. So, um, But I, I think that there's a huge purpose for beings like you here on the timeline. And, you know, I don't want to be sucked away in just doing radio either because this isn't really what I'm supposed to be doing. I mean, I'm doing it, but I'm actually a teacher, too. So um, I don't know how I even got into radio, to be honest with you. I'm trying to remember, you know, I think it was just <laughs> Lorian pulled me into it or something. <laughs> I don't even remember. You know, I just got tired of being interviewed. So I decided that I wanted to interview people and then I just started doing it. So um, but we are teachers. And I think maybe our presence on the airwaves is, is a big deal because that energy, that intent, that truth, that spirituality does radiate. Oh, I totally agree. I, I know there was a time 
way back where I was, I got to thinking about and looking at, I think it was the pyramids that did it to me. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I looked and I said, okay, these pyramids are 2,000, 3,000 years old. They, they were left as a monument uh, to, to, to talk to history, to talk of history, to remind people of history. And I looked around and I thought, you know, when you look at our society today in 2,000 years, None of it. Um, hold on a second. I have a cat that just walked across my. Oh, how funny! Uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, she she walked across the the um, and she turned my volume way down. All right, I'm back. Um, I, I looked around and I all I could see was that everything around me um, was. Uh, in 2,000 years would be dust. It wouldn't be here. And the only thing that I saw that, that I thought might survive 2,000 years was Mount Rushmore. Mm. And, and it was like, oh, my God, there is no legacy that this generation is leaving to the generations that are yet to come. So and, true. But, but then I realized that we, we have these wonderful radio waves that are put out there that will be there forever. So in a way, our legacy is not carved in stone, but it is a vibrational energy that floats out there in space. And, you know, five million years from now, somebody, somebody tuning into that level of consciousness is going to listen to this radio show. Mm-hmm. Very true. Yeah, that's so, well said. So that, so that we are leaving a legacy, you know, horrifyingly, some of our music doesn't speak to the evolution of the soul, but... Um, true. Know, Hopefully, hopefully. So the other stuff is there too. But but it's it's sort of like we've come to a period in time where where things are destroyed and other things are built upon them. Look at the look at the mounds. Look at the look at the pyramids for Christ's sake. I mean, they they took the the shielding off the Great Pyramid and they built um, they 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 covered some of the stuff in Cairo with it. Um, it had hieroglyphs on the outside of it, and they've been lost to time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know, All of that data. And I think a lot of it actually is stored once again in our cells and our atoms. And, and you touched on the halls of Amante, if I'm not mistaken, or the Emerald Tablets. And that's yeah. very profound. I mean, very powerful. It is. And, and you know, I, I wonder, you know, why people haven't been looking at that information, questioning it, taking, you know, uh, it, it's absorbing it. I, 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 you know, I talk to people all the time and say that, you know, religion is fine and wonderful, and and there's nothing wrong with having a religious belief and practicing it. However, consciousness goes beyond religion, mm-hmm. and and so look at the Emerald Tablets. It goes beyond. It 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 doesn't in any way say you you aren't entitled to have this belief system, but you're but but stretch the belief system exactly. Have, have what you need for for comfort and for solace and everything, but understand that you, the spirit that you're carrying within the avatar of this human body has seen more and done more and experienced more than than you could ever imagine, and is thirsty and hungry for more information that it can relate to and help you to ascend into. 
Mm -hmm. Well said indeed. Yeah, that's so true. And this is what concerns me the most is that people are so lost and displaced right now because they're caught in this false matrix, you know, the, the lie, um, that the deception program that's been going on. But but yeah, it's true. I mean, that's why I touched on the grail aspect because it's, people are searching for that component that's going to help them progress and go beyond because the spirit does need to keep going and evolving and ascending. And the whole idea behind what we're doing here is about ascension to the highest level. And I know we're getting through the ascension, but I also know there's some things that have been rifting it as well. So, uh, but the, you know, being like us we're pretty strong i mean we're very very fortified but yeah when you think about the um our benchmarks that were left behind all these things that we left behind as reminders to our spirit of our previous civilizations or the beings that were here i think that's huge and if people could see that it's like that's a mirror that's a reflection and and people should really start paying attention to that but yeah everything has been gutted so to speak too you see a lot of things that have been disrespected which is a shame well i think what what scares me the most is that that science when they don't understand something, they either ignore it or they make up a fable about it and, and tuck it into the that's a make-believe, don't pay attention to it. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, look at the Nazca lines. There is some sort of medical anomaly at you know underneath that, that, that huge field there that, that in some way um, affects all sorts of magnetic stuff, but they haven't dug down to see what's there. I don't know why, but... But they haven't. And or if they have, we're not privy to the information. And I think that's what makes me so angry. I There's think that's so, what it is. Th there is so much that, that we, we we don't have an understanding of. Look at the Bosnia pyramids. Um, there has to be something there. There they say there are tunnels there, but they don't say what they're for or where they go. And and they've been working on this for a long time. Right. And we do have the ground penetrating radar, so I'm pretty sure that there have been the black sciences that have gone through just about every area on the map on this on this planet and the illusion of, I'm pretty sure that they have. And even Antarctica, I'm hearing all sorts of stories about Antarctica, and I, I can't confirm what, what's really going on out there other than the fact that there's definitely something that we should be aware of as a civilization, all of us, not just a few. So, Yeah, I, I, I've read a lot of articles on the fact that the Antarctic pyramids are just rock formations, and then... There's nothing to them. They're not really pyramids. And yet, when you take a look at them, yes, they are. Mm -hmm. There's a lot and, more there. Yeah. I mean, there was a reason they had that big war, too, with Admiral Byrd. So. Oh, jeez, Yeah. You know, when they got their butts kicked. So that, from what I understand, there were ships coming out of the sea. So you, you explain that to me, you know, riddled me this. And this is what I mean. Where is our history? Where is our galactic history, Barbara? Was it, wasn't he told? You, that, you know, not to not to say anything anymore. And his journals, you know, were kind of confiscated and, and locked up. That's right. That's how um, it's been ever since. Yeah, why is it, I wonder, that people that are trying to tell the truth are usually driven insane or killed? Yeah, it's about power and control. I'll tell you, they're almost like... They're almost like psychotic with power at this point in the continuum. You know, they, it's like they have all these ancient artifacts that they've reverse engineered and then they want to um, be God. They want to play God. It runs that movie, um, what is it, Raiders of the Lost Ark? When the, you know, they're going crazy. They just, they're just um, oh, yeah. obsessed with the power, but they can't hold the vibration of light. And instead they become corrupted and, and evil. And I think that's what's happened. I mean, you and I, beings like us, are pillars of light. We can hold and anchor that energy. We don't come, we don't become corrupted. These people do. So it's, it's really sad that they were seeing this. And I'm hoping that the these veils as they thin and as we start tearing down all this stuff with these false matrices that we can actually start seeing what's really happening and that this will all come to surface so we can really see our galactic heritage.
heritage without someone's version of it, without somebody censoring it and saying, you know, because if you leave it up to these people and the illusion of these these one percenters, um, they'll come up with their own storyline about the galactic codes or, or what's out there or what, how they acquired whatever craft. We can't trust them. We have to go by our higher self or soul and the celestials that we work with. Well, and that's that's what gets to me. And I do think that a lot of the people who are in power now and keeping the truth from us don't know what the truth is that they're keeping from us. They just know that they have to keep us dumbed down. Mm-hmm. And it's fear, and, too, you know. Well, it just, I, you know, if I were in that place, I would want to know, you know, it, it just doesn't make any sense to me to not inform the population because to be honest with you, if everyone really was quote unquote awakened, um, these large corporations, they, the corporations would disappear in a heartbeat. And that was one of the other things I saw. I saw the, dis, the, the dissolution, the dissol- dissolving of large corporations into smaller companies so that they could be policed and, wow. It, it just, to me, it was like, and, and large corporations like Big Pharma, like, like um, you know, the, the, the large, like, um, um, not Hess, um, like the, the musician, music, uh, the, the ammunition people, um, the House of um, K. Who, who was the big munitions dealer during World War II? Oh, um. I'm not sure which one. Uh, talking here in the U.S. No, I'm talking in Germany. Oh, okay, um, well, it's a good test. <laughs> <laughs> the name is just gone, but but Krupp, Krupp. Okay, yeah, okay. Um, like like the, the the very very big corporations, and you know when I say corporations, everybody when was saying, oh well, there goes the Clinton Foundation, and all I could think of is that is the smallest of the small. I'm not even concerned with that one. That's going to fall apart on its own, most probably. But but I'm I'm talking the large ones. They're going to be broken up into smaller ones so that they can't take advantage, and especially big pharma. I mean, what they're mm-hmm. doing with with um, the stuff for diabetes is just criminal. Right. Um, well, and also the fact that we even have to ha- rely on big pharma, period, because if we worked with the frequencies that we are familiar with as ancient beings, then we would actually have no illness here. If we had healing centers and ascension centers with frequency treatment, everybody oh, would gee. be fine. You know, that was that was the other thing that came up in the I think it was the last show that somebody didn't show up for. Um, that was the other thing that came out that I was so fascinated with that, that we were going to, and this was again summer into early fall, that, that, that it was going to be discovered that that with, the, first of all, that, that there, there were cures for most of the major illnesses out there that were just being held back because they wanted to control the population or whatever. But the other thing that came up that, that fascinated me really was that we were going to be going back to uh, natural cures because a a medication made out of a natural essence had the element of life in it and if something was synthesized it did not have the 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 the, that spark of life in it from a living aspect uh plant or or something and that those cures that were synthesized didn't work but the natural homeopathic ones did Mm -hmm. absolutely true yeah 100 percent yeah, it's, it's consciousness, universal life force energy, whatever you want to call it. That's the whole idea. We're living beings. We, we, need, we need the prana, and so do the plants and all these other life forms. So 
Yeah, it makes perfect sense to me. And I'd, I'd like to see all that uh, GMO and all that garbage and everything else they've engineered, you know, just throw it out because it's really about their transhumanism. You know, they want to really just uh, just kind of wipe out the spirit, if you ask me, the spirit within and just uh, consume everybody with this entity controlled hive collective. But it's not going to work the way they want it to. And, and what you were talking about with all these powers that be in the illusion of trying to control, manipulate us. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with if, if we start going into our avatar consciousness, which is not about transhumanism, but really multidimensional design. We'll phase shift, we'll bilocate, we'll be able to go to different star systems and work with other beings. And they can't stop us with national security. They don't, this is one of the reasons, in my opinion, that I think that they're trying to stop anybody from accessing anything higher than than their you know regular daily functions because they're terrified of us phasing away and going someplace else. But that's our whole design work. We're supposed to be going home. We're not supposed to stick around here forever. Oh well, gosh, no. And but but if we do that, then they are left with you know, nothing. They are left with the, mm-hmm. the, the illusion of power and nobody to to um, control. Exactly. And that's terrifying to them. It's like playing with paper dolls. I don't think they can handle it. I really don't. And that's too bad for them because, but but by universal law, that's how it's supposed to roll. They're not supposed to be doing what they're doing here. They're, they're This is where the ego comes in. They're acting out a personal will to control, manipulate, and censor the masses to such an extent. I mean, to such an extent that they would murder people. That's horrible. Or, or put a gag order on somebody. That's pretty desperate, if you ask me. It is. But, you know, I, I do wonder what kind of a, there is a, I call it a plague when people feel they have to kill other people because that's what God wants them. Um, and, 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 and I'm not talking just the jihadists because um, there, there, there are a whole bunch of Christian organizations out there that believe the same thing. So um, it, it, it's, it feels to me as though people are, are I guess, being manipulated or, or but but I'm I'm not sure it's really manipulation. I, I guess it is ma- manipulation of a sort. I don't feel that there's an organization doing it. I feel mm-hmm. that there is a level of consciousness that is skewed or corrupted, so mm-hmm. that people feel they need to kill other people in order to justify their existence. Which is, uh, to me, it, it's I, I I can't wrap myself around it. But that right. appears to be what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I call it a brain virus myself, and and I agree with you. I think it's entity control. I think that there's a hive collective that, once again, when you're when you're merged with Source, with a full light universe, it's beyond Creator, it's beyond God, the terminology of God. It, it's such a beautiful, blissful, loving energy. It's not about murdering people that don't think like you or vibrate like you. It's it's about ascending and coexisting. And all of these people in these religious indoctrination programs have to get up. Step up to the plate and let go of their programming. Do you think they're going to do that, Barbara? This is the problem. They've been generation, generation, generation of being programmed into that reality. And it's going to be very hard for them to let go of it. So once again, entities, um, instead of embracing spirit and higher consciousness, they're bringing in entities. And the more you murder people, when you make a living out of harming people like that, you're creating a lot of ghosts. You're creating a lot of haunts in your own energetic field um, from multiple timelines. So, you know, even people who've been in battlefields and, and, and military, they, they're like, they have ghosts. Um, whether they realize it or not, and they can ask for forgiveness, and that's fine. But I'm telling you point blank that these that's that's a paradigm you don't want to screw with when you start messing with people's lives because it can really come back and haunt them on so many levels. 
Oh, and it can follow them lifetime to lifetime, too. That's what that's what's really horrifying. That's the entanglement program, you know, and it's like, well, this is what you did to me before. Now this is going to happen to you. It never ends. It's a cycle. It's like a snake eating its tail. Well, this is why we're here to break those cycles. We're trying to break those paradigms. But in order to do that, they have to be educated. They have to let go of their false programs. They have to embrace the, the full light universal programs, which is really just very simple. It's coexisting on a higher level of consciousness, um, you know, situation awareness. You don't have to, like, um, love everybody, but just coexist with everybody. But it's going to take an awful lot of work from every every person here. And as you can see with these religious indoctrinations, boy, they they don't want to budge. And that's entity control. That's complete entity control right there. Well, it just I have found that because it's so easy, people won't buy it. So 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 we should make it like really hard to get to the ascension process, you know, instead Mm -hmm. of instead of. Instead of just accepting something, give it like forty two hundred steps, mm-hmm. and that way, and that way, and and charge a lot of money for it, and that way, people will value it. Well, that's kind of true, and you know what's interesting? It isn't easy to ascend. I mean, it really isn't because people have to do the internal work. They have to clear out a lot of things on the subtle. You probably know all this, but but the the subtle energy field, the emotional, mental, physical body, everything, a karma matrix, you name it. You got to go through cycles and cycles and levels of yourself to peel away all these programs, even from a childhood or prior to a childhood before you even showed up here. I mean, there's things that people need to work out, and then they allow for more light as they keep ascending to higher levels, and their circuitry becomes aligned on the multidimensional, and your and your chakra system start going. Online, so yeah, that's a lot of work. I don't really think a lot of people are going to do that, but you're right. At this point in the continuum, it's kind of like, yeah, do some workshops on ascension. You know, I was teaching ascension too before I got pulled into that covert program, and I think one of the reasons I did get pulled into that program is because of the work I was doing, because it was off the charts. I mean, I didn't realize it at the time because you know you're doing stuff and you just don't think. You think everybody else is doing the same thing. They weren't doing the same thing I was doing. Well, that's 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 the biggest issue here is when when. When, when, well, if somebody calls one of the shows and they ask, you know, when am I going to get a relationship? And I say, well, you have a little more work to do. I get back. I've done all the work I need to do. I don't need to work on myself anymore. And the reality is, if you're asking that question, you're not done. Correct. Yeah. And then, you know, they can manifest it if they want it anyway. If they want a relationship, put it out to the universe. Oh yeah, but we do create our reality by our perception of it, and 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 it's sort of like you know take a look at how you feel about yourself and in those places where it's well I have to lose weight or I'm not good enough yet or whatever. Yes, you are. We're perfect. We're absolutely perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 you know if you can let go of of those feelings of inadequacy, then 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 you can feel you know you know I'm perfect. You know, you may not like me, but that's okay. Uh, you know, it's it's like I feel really good and balanced and, and, you know, and I'm not saying that I'm done working on myself because certainly it's a lifetime, you know, chore. It's something that you're constantly working on. And if you're not constantly working on it, then then there's something wrong because if you were finished completing yourself, you would die and go to the next level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. You'd be phasing in your light body and going to the next. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that one for sure. No, and it's about loving yourself. You know, a lot of people get offended when I say that, um, that you really should love yourself. And it's true. It treats your body like a temple. You know, take care of yourself. Love your suit. Thank your suit. You know, because it does. Oh my gosh, I put my body through hell just in martial arts alone training. So um, it, it's important to really respect the vehicle and what you're driving and, and also loving yourself. And yeah, I totally agree with you. I think a lot of it is peer pressure, Barbara. I think a lot of people are very concerned about what others might think of them. And, you know, I'm the type of personality that I don't, I don't have, I don't even 
care about what people think of me in any form of dimensional space. So, but a lot of people do. And I think that has a lot to do with their self-esteem and, and also what they, how they think people will be perceiving them perhaps, especially when it comes to relationships. So once again, you're right. It's about them really doing the work on themselves and letting go of those programs because that's a program mm-hmm. that's enabling them to, um, to think that way. And a lot of these programs start from early childhood. That's, you know, when, when people, when, when you come into this lifetime, you're perfect, you're pure, you're a clean slate. And, and you have um, the awareness of a totally evolved spirit. And, and, and then as you grow, parents and teachers and, and the environment and, and um, all of the other things that, that, that you learn to live with, you know, pour, pour information into you that comes from just the, like, just the earth plane so that all of the spirit stuff kind of gets tramped down. And, and you have to unlearn what has been taught to you with love. Like you have to have a career and you have to make money and you have to do this. And, and you have to celebrate your life. You have to celebrate your gifts. And then, then spirit takes care of you. Mm-hmm. Very, very true. Yeah, I've always said the universe provides, you know, even in dark tides, even when you think there's nothing there around the corner, there's always infinite checkbook in the multiverse as a infinite checkbook. I always say we all have an infinite checkbook, you know, everybody Uh gets so worried about survival, but truly, you know, uh, we are such vast beings. If we really were to understand who we really were and and who we are as multidimensional beings and also the essence of origin of the spirit behind it all, people would not have these insecurities. Yeah, that's, that's very true. And, but, but, you know, so how do you take someone who is in that position and, and try to convince them or help them to see that they have the power to make anything happen within their reality. I mean, there, there, there are a few things that I can probably say are off my list. I, I can't be Miss Teenage America anymore. Um, but, but not that many, you know, the, the possibilities are just limitless. And, you know, so many people take, you know, getting older, um, a difficulty. And, and I will, I will admit sometimes the body doesn't agree with you all the time, but, but we have the potential to do so much and so much good. And so, you know, it's, it's just, it's amazing how people start closing down as they get older. And, you know, I'm, I'm 72, I'm going to be 73 um, in March. And I feel, you know, the inside of me is still very, very young. The outside has a few wrinkles here and there, but, but the inside of me is, is so excited about the potential of things yet to come that it's unbelievable. Yeah, and you sound very young, by the way. You do, energetically. Yeah, you can tell. And, and you know what? You're really just a kid in the illusion of space and time because when you think we're beyond 26 billion years old in the illusion of, I mean, we've been around, we're ancient. So <laughs> it's just an illusion. But yeah, it's, it, that's very true. And, and actually, you know, when you get to your, your age, you know, each ten, like every 10 years, it seems like I morph into something else on a higher level or mm-hmm. I hope that I'm, I'm growing and evolving at a very fast pace that I keep learning and I become more and more wise each, each time, you know, each year in the illusion of. So, and that's the one thing that I don't want to see is, is that erasure, you know, I want to make sure that when I take this database, I bring it to the full light universe and I go home and I have the database with me if I want to access it later on. But I think the biggest thing people need to look at is if they want their lives to change, they need to look and see what's causing them to be stagnant. Is it a relationship? Is it negative thought? Is it diet? Is it atmospheric conditions? Is it a job? I mean, there are so many things around people atmospherically, first of all, that I think can affect their reality. 
And also they have to believe that they can change the reality. And I think a lot of people don't have that faith, that internal drive that says that they can really change their reality. They have to understand that they can work. And I think a lot of that has to do with just meditation, affirmations, practice, just do it and it'll manifest. And you just keep doing it and eventually it keeps permeating out. There's a resonance effect and it will it will create itself. Yeah, I think you said you just said something that 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 was that resonated to me tremendously. I think just as a homework assignment for anybody listening is take a look at your at at, the, at pictures of yourself on the decadal level and you'll see that almost every 10 years we do indeed reinvent ourselves. Mhm. And and it, when I I I was looking through a lot of pictures looking for something the other day and I and I and I noticed that every 10 years there was a new me. There was a different me. There was um a new element that that seemed to be um coming to the surface and and saying, "Hey, look at me, not, not look at me, you know, I'm this or that, but hey, pay attention. This is an element of, of the craft that you can now have access to. And, and I do feel that, that on a tenure, on, on a decadal type scale, that we become more and more, we have more and more and greater and greater access to the gifts that we've carried through time. And it's a matter of identifying them, using them, and, and sharing them with the people around us. I mean, I... I really believe that 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 there's so much that we can share with each other that that makes magic happen, makes our life more vibrantly alive, makes makes living so much more of a of a joyous celebration as a part as opposed to uh, a grind that we're surviving. Because if you're surviving life, you're missing the point of it. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Yeah. And at that point, you know, you're seasoned, you have all the components, as you were saying, all the tools in your toolbox are, are nice and, and shiny and new and, and so many different things have been incorporated. What I'd like to see more and more, you know, what comes to mind is, is actually getting spiritual communities together to a point where people just network, even if it's, um, you know, having like, like a coffee shop and people connecting at a coffee shop talking spirit for an hour and a half or, or whatever. I really think people need to start communicating again and looking at each other in the eyes. Um, I really think that people need to take themselves out of this crazy spectrum that's been going on here with this propaganda that's been going on in the timeline and just starting to communicate again, um, learning how to communicate through spirit, through the soul, through consciousness. I think that's a really big deal. I think people have lost that along the way somewhere. And unfortunately, you know, the iPhone doesn't replace consciousness. It doesn't replace spirit or soul. Yeah, I think that's one of the main problems today is that that technology has taken away the the one-on-one, the group consciousness type things. I mean, mm-hmm. I used to have a meditation group. I, I yep. did it for 17 years. Um, people nice. don't do that. Oh, it was so cool. Mm-hmm. It really was. Um but, but, you know, and I keep thinking, okay, so, I mean, there was a, Mr. Rowe did a, a round table the other day that had 22 people in it. Um, it, it would yeah. be great. It would be great to have 22 practitioners together so that we could talk about the, the spirit and the way things are, you know, just, just how to, how, you know, what I've noticed, what you've noticed, the, the, mm-hmm. the, new, the new things out there, but texting and and all of that has taken away from the one-on-one and and i hate it um Mm -hmm. every every year once or twice a year if i can remember it i sit down and i actually write my son a letter not an email a letter i write it in you know in handwriting on paper and i mail it to him because that's a lost art we're losing things that were an art form um in in 
you know, in, and, and we're doing technology shorthand instead that doesn't convey, convey what, what, what the heart, what the spirit, what the soul wants to say to another human being, mm-hmm. you know, love you, a heart and a you. No, that doesn't say it. Why do you right. love me? You know, I mean, we're losing a part of our humanity by, becoming, by becoming so technologically involved. I agree. And how often do you see people really give genuine hugs anymore? I used to be a real hugger and I don't hug anybody hardly anymore, but I don't see many people either. But, but nonetheless, it's like, you know, that the whole genuine um, exchange of energy is really kind of becoming obsolete. And that's a shame. And I'd like to see that resurrected. And, you know, when you were talking about that, um, I would love to have that. Barbara, if you ever decide to do a, a radio show or you want to do something where we do something like a council of light and we just have a bunch of healing practitioners, I would be one for, you know, doing that. So. Okay. Well, well, we'll talk about that when we come back. Mm-hmm. This is Nightlight, and if you like what you're hearing, click over to the support page and make a donation to help us keep this amazing station up and running. Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com is totally listener-supported, from the owner to the host to the producers, who we can't live without. Thank you, Deb. Thank you, Deb. To the staff, all are working here because we love the work and are dedicated to putting out quality material for all of you. Be it large or small, every donation is greatly appreciated and helps us all keep on supplying information and material to educate and hopefully enlighten you that isn't found elsewhere. So back to Solaris, because this is fun. So, um, yeah, it would be fun to put something like that out there um, to help people, to, to kind of give them help inspiration, information, um, it, it feels like it would be a very educational and enlightening type of programming. What did you have in mind? Yeah, something to that effect, uh, almost like a brainstorming, you know, when you have a, like a council of light comes to mind where you have uh, practitioners, teachers, spiritual, those on the path of spirit, but actually in communication as far as um, issues of the timeline, things to work on, perhaps, uh, you know, I used to do a lot of grid running. Uh, you said you had groups and meditation groups. And that's interesting because I used to do something similar, which we used to do. We ran the grid. We would run a, 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 a grid of light onto the world. And we would focus on certain areas on the map that needed more energy and we would send the the light there and healing. So it's very interesting that you mentioned that. But I I just see that we have all these beautiful beings and minds out there who are capable of so many things. And it would be nice to create that network where we can actually exchange or have a council or, or, uh, you know, a roundtable of some kind where we can converse and and share data. I'm all for it. I would be happy to do that with you. I, you know. Um, I tried to do it alone and I found all I did was lecture. So having someone else I could talk to would be nice. Oh, I'm happy to do that. Yeah. Perhaps we can coordinate something and, and think about how we want to formulate it. But yeah, I, I just think it's, this would be a good timeline to do it actually, if you ask me and, and so far as what's happening here, because a lot of us get too wrapped up and diverted into energies we don't need to be absorbing. Um, otherwise we're not really doing what we're here to do in my opinion, you know? So. I definitely, definitely agree with you. I think, I, you know, I know there are a lot of the midnight to two spots open on Revolution Radio. Um, oh, nice. 
uh, I forget which studio, but probably B. Um, <laughs> B seems to be the the um, the second child here, obviously. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think it would be a lot of fun. I do feel that that um, we'll have to talk about this because it's mm-hmm. something I, I would I would stay up till two in the morning to do. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. Because it's more invigorating too when you're talking about things that are, in my opinion, much more positive than some of the stuff that we can we can talk about in regular roundtables. So, you know, I get yep. tired of talking about what I see on the timeline. <laughs> I'd much rather go into the areas where I'm really, you know, that's my area. You know, the, the path of spirit and consciousness and teaching and healing and, yeah, much much more productive. Well, that you know, it's funny. That's that was the purpose of Nightlight to begin with. It was to be, you know, somebody said what a dumb dumb you know, name. And I said, yeah, but wait, I, my, in, I envisioned as nightlight being exactly that a, a light in the darkness that helped people to find their way to the bathroom or to enlightenment, whichever was most important at that time. I <laughs> so. love your name nightlight. I love that name. I think it's so warm and loving. It's, it's cozy. And I always thought that was a, a, a wonderful name for a show. It was, um, I don't even know how it happened, but, but I started doing nightlight Eight years ago, and so this is, I think, my ninth year doing it. Um, wow. Not here. <clears throat> I was on Blog Talk for a long time, and and actually, I'm still on Blog Talk. I still do Blog Talk shows as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so so it's it's kind of I the the Blog Talk venue is is a cool one, but it, the audience wasn't that large. Freedom Slips has a larger audience, and hopefully, you know, we we reach out and we teach more people. Um, and it's meant to be enlightenment nightlight but it's also meant to be a teaching show and it's also and and what i find fascinating is when i get to talk to people when i'm having a conversation i uh, i have found that every time i have worked with another practitioner whatever kind of practitioner they were um i found that it enhanced my abilities and they found the same thing and so long as your ego isn't there everybody builds on everybody else's energy and there is an exchange on a higher level of, of consciousness than, than you even realize so that you open yourself up to, you know, what they have and they share. And I, Jen Mm -hmm. Young is, is a medium that I work with on a, on a, on a pretty regular basis. And I, one of her gifts is that she smells and and I don't mean she smells. It means that she picks up scent Mm -hmm. and, and I find that after working with her, I, I do the same thing. I'm suddenly, I'm aware of sense to a higher degree. And she, she gets into past lives because that's something that I love doing. So, Wonderful. So as, as long as there's not an ego, I'm better than you or read my book or hit my website. Or, as a matter of fact, I don't, um, I don't ever remember to put out my website. Um, mm-hmm. you know, if somebody wants to find me, they find me. So, mm-hmm. you know, and, and yet I've done interview shows where whoever was interviewing me every 15 minutes, they were putting out their, their website and stuff like that. This is, this field is not a, is not a field for ego or marketing. Mm-hmm. It's, right. it's, it's a field for growth and, and enhancement of whatever gifts you've got. And if there's a question or if there's an issue, you know, to, to seek and find information and help. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And one thing I did notice, too, in the past, I've always had, they always find you, as you were saying, they always find a way to locate the teacher or, or whatever they're looking for. So it's usually you don't really have to advertise. Sometimes it just comes to you. 
It, and it, it does. Matter of fact, I even I changed my website. I took all of all of the stuff about getting a reading or the PayPal thing. I took all of my my website is just a teaching site, and that's all it was meant to be, and that's all it is. And nice. you know, people find me if they want me, and that's that's I I I truly believe that that spirit does send you what you need and if you're not getting anything then it's a time for you to be working internally and there's a time it's a time for you to be developing patience or being creative or 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 seeking out further insight into your own evolution and development Mm -hmm. absolutely getting you know somebody said god always answers prayers sometimes the answer is no or sometimes the answer is apply later you know i mean (laughs) (laughs) that's good it's, 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 it doesn't mean, oh, darn, um, my cat is typing again. That is funny. Oh, my gosh. Your cat just typed all that? Uh, yeah. What a She's crack up. You need to play the lotto with those numbers. Oh, I don't think so. No, I have two new kittens, and, and uh, they, they have more energy than, than I have ever seen, and it's, 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 they're running on either caffeine or adrenaline or both of them, and um, it's, well, you know, and I think one of the things about pets and having, I've had as many as nine cats. I only, I have four now. And um, it, I think there's, there's, there's an energy you get people who have pets, you know, if they are able to, um, you know, it, it's, it's sometimes you just can't have a pet and therefore you're forgiven. But mm-hmm. people, people who don't have pets um, are missing something. And, and it's, it's a very special communication because, because dogs, cats, birds, everything except slimy things. Um, <laughs> I, I, just, I, I actually was teaching a class and I told them that there were no snakes or worms in heaven. But um, <laughs> I, I understand. Good. Well, not in my heaven anyhow. Um, <laughs> so so I, I think there's something about being able to communicate with a pet and having that kind of unconditional love given you it, th- mm-hmm. that is very very special and oh, yeah. um there, there are a lot of people that that choose not to and and you know that's certainly their choice but i choose not to really be really close friends with them so yeah i'm an animal person too actually right now my dog and my cat are right here next to me while i'm on air they get along really well these two they're like mutt and jeff but yeah i agree there's something about animal energy that it's just uh i can't even describe it but yeah they are they're family and you know it's it 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 is you know they 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 never you know interrupt you and they never correct you and you know it's all you have to do is feed them and empty their litter box or walk them and you know you've got unconditional love and that's that's something that's very special mhm and yep. and you know when 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 we were talking about um ascension and enlightenment and i i i think so many people these days feel that that is something that you know you you take a workshop in or or you work on and it you know at a at a specific time of day this is a way of life this is mm-hmm. not this is not something you do just on on one day a week or 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 a two hour workshop here and a two hour workshop there this is a way of life and mm-hmm. It, yeah. some, somehow that has to be gotten across to people. It's not something that you do part-time. It's something that you do full-time. 
Yeah, it's almost like spiritual discipline to some degree or a martial arts. It's it's yeah, it's your lifestyle. You 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 basically change your whole life in in resonance with what we call the higher dimensional energies. But yeah, you know, it doesn't mean you become a nun or anything like that. It just means that you open up your mind to higher levels of spirituality and consciousness, but also paying attention to what you're what you're involved in from day to day. And and once you start resonating with those frequencies and the light goes on, it's just it stays on. I mean, once the DNA starts really opening up and activating, it just keeps going and going and going and keeps ascending. So um, yeah, I mean, it is a lifestyle. There's no doubt about it. It's not one of those tourist things where you just take a class on it and all of a sudden you're enlightened. Well, you know that as well as I do. That's not how it works at all. <laughs> no, it's not. I, I met somebody a while back who had just, she told me that she was a shaman. And I, I said to her, you know, what persuasion shaman? And she said, I'm a shaman. And I said, oh, okay, um, where have you studied and she said, well, I said, how did you become a shaman? And she said, well, I just took a weekend workshop. And I pulled her aside and I said, you know, I know you, you feel strongly about what you've learned. And, and I can tell that it Im- impacted you greatly. But shamans never tell you they're a shaman. Shamans demonstrate their shamanism by their way of life. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I said, um, it takes a long time to to actually be recognized as a shaman. So, um, I I I wouldn't flaunt that certificate if I were you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's interesting. Well, they have those um, what they call mass. Uh, they used to do the mass Reiki initiations, and I couldn't figure that out for the life of me how people could get into all that. But you know, because I went through a real discipline when I had initiations in the past, and that was a long time ago. But it seems like they just started doing all this like mass everything, you know, like uh, really, really strange. So I'm not sure what people got out of that with their teachers or not. But yeah, you know, it is a lifestyle, and most of the time people do have a natural healing ability. Um, they usually in the old days they used to call it faith healing before they started doing initiations and other healing systems, but none nonetheless, people do have gifts. I think it's about, once again, aligning everything and aligning your multidimensional design work and also understanding how that energy works. Well, doesn't intent come in there too? I mm-hmm. mean, if, if your intent is to transfer energy for someone to utilize for whatever purpose it is they need it, that, that, that there is, there is that, 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 um, giftedness that that unconditionalness to the gift and and oftentimes it's, it 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 always has and always will make me uncomfortable to take money for what i do um but but it, it, it in today's society people often don't value what they get unless they've paid for it mm-hmm. i think that's what it is they take advantage of, of it. And that's what I've noticed. And that's why, you know, I do actually charge people, but you're charging for your time most of the time. I mean, in my opinion, anyway, you charge for your time, mm-hmm. um, consultations, whatever it is, it's just like anything else. Um, counselors charge. So, you know, you have to kind of, but you don't like, if people can't afford it, I've always worked with people too. I mean, in a sense that I've had trades done where people bring me something and, uh, you know, incense, whatever, candle, whatever they make. I mean, I, I've done things like that for people who didn't have much money. So that you always work with people on that level, at least I have. But yeah, I think that people need to learn to respect um, their own gifts, but also respect other people's abilities too. And it is a service to some degree. But I, I like, I always consider myself the facilitator. You know, it's not my personal energy that they're getting anything connected to me. It's it's the uh, conduit of energy and, and what I bring in through the vehicle, through the vessel that is really affecting them. That's that's an amazing point because I have I have seen people who, who've done, I, a couple of Reiki practitioners um, especially, who have said they were so drained by doing a session. And, and I said, 
I, I know I spoke to two of them and I said, you know, it feels like you're using your own vital energy yep. instead of channeling universal energy. That's right. Which means they're not attuned. Right. Yep. Yeah, I agree. You're right. And, mm-hmm. and it's just, it's sort of like when doing this work, when, when teaching or, or reading or channeling, um, I find that, that not only am I energized, um, but I need greasy food to come down from the high so I can actually go to sleep. So the ground out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I did a, a workshop. I was in, um, California demonstrating the cards. And so this goes back almost 30 years. And I, and I always, when I went into a bookstore to work would say, I have to do, I, I insist that we do a free meditation the night before I start. So people can see if, if, you know, what I do is something they would, they would like to experience. And, and I said, and no matter, no matter um, how many people are there, I always make sure everyone gets a message, but don't advertise it because, you know, then, then I'm going to be swamped. And she had a hundred, she advertised it. So we had a hundred people there. Wow. And I, I started at seven in the, in the evening and I finished at two in the morning. Wow. <laughs> and, and afterwards, um, you know, she said, aren't you exhausted? And I said, no, I'm not exhausted. I just need a greasy hamburger really badly. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and, and there were other readers there who said, how did how do you do that? And I said, I just channel the energy and, mm-hmm. and then it doesn't take up my energy. And, you know, it never occurred to me that it was a conscious switch over. And, and I, I, I'm, I'm fortunate in that it happens automatically for me. So I guess it is actually a, a, a switch you have to throw sometime. I don't know. Do you throw a switch or does it feels like you do it automatically as well? Yeah, I do it automatically. Yeah. It's just one of those things because we are constantly running energy anyway, because I, I just think that's how we are as a species or how we're wired in consciousness. But yeah, but I, yeah, if people get personally drained by energetics, by doing healing work, then they've got to, that's, that's not okay. There's something it's going a, on there. They need a reset, you know, yes. and, 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 you know, I, I basically, you know, will say to someone who, because I, I every, every now and then am in a, in a place where there are massage therapists and stuff like that. And they just, when one talks about, you know, being exhausted and, and you know, that, that, that massage really exhausted me, it was like, did you ground yourself? Did you see the energy coming through you and going through you and into the ground? Did you see their energy going, you know, did you do anything with the energy? And it was like, no, should I? And oh, it's, gosh. <laughs> I, not, I've never been to massage school, so I don't really know, but it would seem to me that would be a part of the training. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a massage therapist either. That's interesting. Probably not part of the training, Barbara. That's that's it. You know, there's this and, I, you know, coming from my martial arts background, you know, we always ground and use Qigong and Tai Chi exercises. I used to wind my group down because we get really wound up, you know, doing martial arts and uh-huh. Taekwondo. And for a grounding, we would do some Tai Chi Qigong for a warm down. And that would reset everybody's energy so that we would be all strung out going outside, you know, playing Bruce Lee or something. So because you get really charged as a martial artist. I mean, when you start sparring and you get into um, I was doing competitive kickboxing in the day and yeah, you just get so high in energy. I mean, it's just like you're just become this conduit of electricity. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I've seen um, uh, how especially with the Tai Chi, you can move the energy. I've seen how you can knock somebody off their feet with the energy. Yeah. So, So. 
so it is it's a very real thing that 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 when you when you are hooked into that universal source um it's amazing what 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 you can do with with just a simple flick of the wrist so that it it's it's no i've never flipped anybody i would have liked to try but i've never actually done it but but I can see how when you get that energy flowing in you that, that if, if there's a focus to do something with it, to, to create a ball of energy, to throw it in a direction that, that you can impact a lot of, uh, a lot of people and or, and or things. Mm-hmm. Um, one, one thing I played with with a group of people was, was, was getting that energy in, in between the hands and really focusing it into a ball of energy and then throwing it at a gong. And, and at first, you know, nothing happened. And then suddenly you, you started to hear, ah, <laughs> you know, one of these great big, you know, four foot in diameter gongs. And, mm-hmm. and after a while, they got it going. And it nice. was, it was amazing for to see the expression on their faces that, that, you know, Hey, I was just playing and how I, and you know, did I really feel it? I guess I did. And then when I threw it and there was a, there was a response from a gong, it, it let them know that they had moved the energy, that there was, there, there was something to this and it, mm-hmm. to see the, 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 um, the light go on inside that, you know, this isn't just, just a game. This is something that really happens. This is something that you have access to and, and it's like a muscle. If you want to develop it and you want to work on it, you can you can you can you can build it into amazing different aspects of life if you want to. Oh, absolutely! Isn't that cool? Yeah, I used to do something similar. We'd play with balls of energy back and forth when I was teaching my Tai Chi and Qigong classes. But yeah, and that's another thing too. You start you start ramping up that universal life force energy. Then you start um, knowing, you know, unifying the chakras. You start building up light body. Then the light body becomes more and more expanded and more and more enhanced on a vibrational level. Then you have the Merkaba. I mean, this is what I mean by the progressions of spirit. And it's an infinite amount of energy because there's... There's infinite amounts of energy in the cosmos. So once you're plugged in, you're plugged in. And this is what I mean by we shouldn't get fatigued because if we're running the energy correctly, we shouldn't feel anything but perfect health. Exactly. And that, then, you know, once you get the energy running, then then you talk about, you know, distant viewing and you talk about um, out-of-body experiences and you talk about all of these wonderful things that, that everyone is capable of. Oh, absolutely. And I'm sure you've had it. I'm sure you've done this where you've probably done work on somebody and they felt it ahead of time and the illusion of, or you were going to do an initiation on somebody and they had the initiation maybe three or four days before. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's, the, that's, and then once again, it's that confirmation of how the energy works in the cosmos because there's no time, there's no distance. It's intent. As soon as we think of, as soon as we think we're going to do something, we set the stage, we set the intent, we set the parameters, all this celestial energy connects in and everybody's already receiving what they need before they even do it physically. Well, and that's why when, when, you know, I talk to people about um, making a contract with the universe and, and having an idea inside your head, you know, spirit doesn't know what to do with it. But if you're writing it down, if you put it down on paper, if you put your intent, if you cement it into reality by writing it on a piece of paper, spirit knows what your intent is, will then energize that, will, will actually energize the words so that as you work on it, everything is easier. Yep. And, and you know, it, it's just that so many people don't, well, I, I think thinking is the most difficult, is the largest problem for most people because 
if you think, then you start to analyze. And if you analyze, you draw it down into the physical to a degree that you cement yourself into the physical reality and you don't have access to the spiritual. Mm -hmm, Right. And I think part of that has to do with the emotional body, maybe too enhanced or the mental body out of control. So I always say, you know, the higher self is what brings in all that divine energy. So allowing for the higher self, which is very centered to bring in the database of information, and then it just starts to flow. But I think people do overthink stuff all the time. And that's why it's so important to balance the hemispheres, the right and left hemisphere, um, to make sure that they're synced up in energy so that you're not being too busy in one area. Uh, whether it's overly emotional about an issue or, you know, too much mental body stimulation and things like that. Do you use the paradiddle to balance the left and right hemispheres? I, but the way I balance mine, well, I, I've always done it just through meditation alone. Um, and when I work on people, it's usually I, it's hands-on and I just put my hands on them and I balance their hemispheres. I can actually feel the pulse between um, their, their right and left hemisphere and then I can sync them up. And then they're perfect. So, and that was usually one of my specialties back in the day when I would sync people up and they would feel like they just got shot out of a cannon because um, most of the time people's mental bodies are really spun out. They're just, they're, they're off balance. And I think once again, it's this society we live in, it's the entrainment programming, um, all the things that they're subjected to from day to day. And, and you're, you're right, because where does the higher self live in that moment? when they're so encompassed in their work or survival or their husbands or their wives. I mean, the higher self is the one that runs the show, the overseer. So, oh, yeah. Like, you know, I always say it's, and I call it like a soul star too, because it's literally the one that's that's overseeing everything you're doing on the timeline. And once you're synced up with it and you're bringing it in, well, there's your there's your divinity, there's your inspiration, there's there's the energy that allows us to write and, and, and have the right words and know exactly what to say in alignment with the cosmos. Absolutely. And so often... You know, thinking, you know, I, I get in trouble when I think, actually. Uh, it, you know, if I'm, if I'm reading someone, uh, you know, I, I know, I know that if I just let it flow, I'm fine. If I try to think and analyze, um, I get in trouble because that's when I'm putting my own self into an energy that I'm getting for them. And then that, that's not smart. Mm-hmm. So I, I try to really um, monitor what I say and how I say it. And if I, if I say I feel or I, or I feel basically if I if I'm feeling something that I know it's coming from the right place. If I say I think, then then I I'm thinking, and mm-hmm. that's not what you want to get from me because that limits you to my experience this lifetime. And if I feel, then then I'm drawing through time. Then I'm drawing through antiquity. Then I'm going back into other dimensions and lifetimes and and bringing you a richer part of myself to to share with you. Mm-hmm. It makes perfect sense. Yeah, I can be kind of cerebral too. I can be super analytical at times. And that's why I like to balance it out through spirit. And I wasn't super analytical until I got pulled into that program. And then I started getting way, way, way machine based. You know, I started mm-hmm. getting um, because of the interface. I'm pretty sure that was part of it. So um, I was already pretty fast and pretty quick mentally, but then, then I just got spun quickly. So I have to really reset and allow for that higher self to anchor in, which is pretty easy for me, um, even through all the weirdness I've been through. Well, that, that you survived it and are and are reasonably sane is is an amazing thing, and mm-hmm. and you know I I sanity you know sane um, is is relative certainly I know that certainly I I can't remember when you wrote um, transmutation through ascension. That was one of your first books, wasn't it? Yeah, that was 2004. That was right before I was pulled into the program. That was my first book. Yep. It, it's a great book, everybody. Well, thank you. you. Got no, I really, um, this one has gotten great wear. Um, mm-hmm. I should just give the people the book instead of, you know, 
trying to teach it piecemeal. Um, and I think that's exactly what I'm going to do because it, it is it is a tremendously well-written book and it goes into all aspects of, of you know, the, this ascension process. But, it, but you start it, you, you go back to square one, which is mm-hmm. who we are and, and empowerment through lifestyle and ways to empower yourself. And, you know, it's just, it's beautifully, beautifully done. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, I love that book. You know, I really do. And I, I'm really happy that you um, get a lot out of it. And I hope everybody else does as well. But that's me. I mean, that's my energy. That's that's the how I interpolate data. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because that was pretty much what put me on the mark, I think, for a lot of exotic technology. But they were probably very interested in what I was doing with the DNA activation. So have you done a lot of work with past life material? Um, not for myself. I mean, I had one regression I had done on me from someone, um, but I, I don't do it on others. And if I see something in them, I'll mention it, but I don't try to put any plants or seeds in them. Um, but for myself, I had a very profound experience that I went through a hypnotic regression. I wasn't expecting to see anything and I wasn't prompted. Um, the woman who did it was very removed. So it was Atlantean, though. It was very interesting with technology, the technology that was going on in the psychic wars, which to me seems like it parallels this dimension to some degree in what we're dealing with here. So um, that was pretty profound. And it was supposed to have lasted maybe an hour. And it, we went into like four and a half to five hour regression, which was huge. That is so, a huge time. I was so like a, I was like a, a, an electrical wire afterwards. I, mean, I can't even describe it, but I was, um, you know, I was at the end of the where there was an implosion of the city. And that's what I remembered. So I guess it was the most traumatic part that I remembered. But I remember, and then afterwards, when she brought me out of it, I mean, my body was like this brill rod. It was electrical. It was just like this big electricity. I can't even explain it. Very, very profound, though. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. It was pretty strong. So, um, But in the past, when I was younger, I used to get glimpses of people in other timelines. And I would see them in other, like what looked like a costume or almost like they were in another um, incarnation. And I would kind of mention it to them like, uh, like, you know, I keep seeing you in this outfit or, and I see you looking in this timeline. And then they would always say that, yeah, I always felt a resonance with that. So I kind of got as a, when I was younger, this is when I was in my teens and I started to do readings for people. I started to realize that I was actually glimpsing something of them on a different timeline or part of their lifetime. So that did come up a lot, a lot here and there. And then when I started doing the healing work, uh, less, a little less of that. Do you feel that sometimes with healing, though, there there are wounds or or experiences that that just have impacted a lifetime to a degree that they really need to be dealt with this lifetime mm-hmm. before they can have a, a completedness feeling, so to speak? Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, they have the cellular trauma. If if they didn't resolve their issues, whether whatever lifetime it was, whether it was on and off planet or in between spaces of lifetimes. Yeah, if they didn't resolve that, it's going to be there in the cellular, at the cellular level. Sometimes it'll take on um, an illness in the body or the organs too. So you have to kind of go through each each area of the body to see which area feels stuck in energy or which, which area feels like there's some trauma. And yeah, that does need to be cleared out. Otherwise, it's just going to keep um, festering and making them obviously, um, well, not obviously, but, but sometimes they, it will make them very, very sick. Uh, or they have to just uh, go in there and actually heal that energy and let that energy be removed uh, etherically, first of all, and then allow it to um, allow for more flow of, of higher energies to kind of flush out all that, what I call a toxicity, because to some degree, some of that trauma does store in there and it does create a little bit of a toxicity to the to the physical body, to the bioelectric mm-hmm. field. Yeah, I, I and, you know, for those listening, you know, we're not talking about, you know, um, an ingrown toenail type stuff. We're talking about real trauma. Um uh, very traumatic things that that usually 
had to deal with with you know the essence of the death of the person before they came into this lifetime. So, um, it's it's I, I think that it's it's not an overstatement that disease is really disease. If there is if there is an an element of your life that that is you are not easy with, it can create uh, a problem within this lifetime. Mm-hmm, right. And it's usually about frequency, too, because whatever that spin point is or wherever the, the illness is at the cellular level or even on the physical scale, it's going to vibrate differently than the rest of the body. And that's mm-hmm. how you can tell also that it's stuck or that there's some trauma there that needs to be healed. And, and you know, the best way to heal stuff like that is, is through higher frequencies, as we all know. So um, but, yeah, definitely got to got to clear all that out. And we all go through it each day. I mean, even even living on a timeline where we don't even think we're subjected to trauma, we're still getting traumatized even by some of the things we observe on the Internet, for crying out loud. So there, there has to be a deprogramming to some degree. Uh, yeah. And, y- you know, you begin to wonder where does it. Where did where does it begin? I mean, we are moving more and more and more into technology, and not everyone, because because I do believe that there is a greater number of people who are waking up spiritually than ever before, and 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 moving away from the technology. And I'm not saying they're not using the internet, because of course they are. Um, you and I are. I mean, we we both of us are are, are here and here for a reason. Um, cause this is where everybody else is, <laughs> but we use it for our advantage or to our advantage and not, not to be consumed by it. No, oh, well, that's true too. That's, I mean, I have recently learned to text, but I hate it. So, um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's to me, it, it's amazing. It is taking, it's taking away our, um, the intimacy that we have when, when we are, are talking one-on-one or, or in a group of people, it, it takes away that element of, of exchange of energies. Now, now certainly if, if somebody called in and talked to us, there would be an exchange of energy. I mean, the internet is wonderful in that you can pick up the energy of another person, mm-hmm. um, you know, while, while on online and stuff like that. It's not that, that it's impossible, but, but the reality here is that, that the one-on-one that is so important is, is not being fulfilled and people are becoming more and more isolated to a certain degree. I agree. And then, you know, when, when you leave your suit and the illusion of when we transfer out, um, the energy signature is there. I mean, who you are. So it's really important to be in tune to that signature and understand what it is, how to navigate in it, and also how to navigate with others because um, the suit is just, like I said, it's a suit. It is what it is. But yeah, it's, a, it's, it's important that people understand the benchmark of spirituality and frequency and vibration, the natural vibration and harmonics versus the manufactured synthetic. Oh, there's such a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's such a difference. And and it's it's sort of like, you know, we're we're – we're coming to a time here where so many people are looking for the answer and there, there are so many very polished marketing people out there that are selling stuff that just won't work. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's frightening. It really is. I mean, I, I get offended sometimes by people who come, you know, I, I, I had a lady come and she said, um, she came for a reading and she said, you know, I shouldn't have to come to you. And I said, okay. And she whipped out this folder and no lie, had to have 30 or 40 certificates. She said, see how well-trained I am. Why am I in such a mess? And I, and I looked at her portfolio of certificates and I said, well, if you really were all the 
you supposedly are because you have the certificates, you, you probably would have ascended, you know, way above body long before this. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I, I said, a certificate doesn't prove anything. It proves that you had the money to buy the paper and that's about it. Right. Yeah. But, that they took a class and they, well, it's just like regular college too, or a PhD or whatever. I mean, you know, it is what it is. It's a piece of paper and it proves you went to college, right? Yep. And that's how you operate, what you learn from it is another scenario. I have, I have enough certificates to choke a horse. And, (laughs) and Patrick used to say your, your compass vitus would choke a horse. And that's true, but Mm -hmm. nothing I learned in school. And I have, you know, the bachelor's and two master's degrees, um, not, not anything I learned there had anything to do with what I do now. Amazing. Yeah. And, and, you know, can I, somebody asked what my academic background was and I shot it to them and all, all I got back was, wow. Um, yeah, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but I, but, but it has nothing to do, your spiritual evolution has to do with how you're living your life mm-hmm. and you, and you don't have to pay money for classes. All you have to do is understand the golden rule for gosh sakes and, and start living according to that. It's it's not it, it's it's work. I, oh, I would, absolutely. I, I would say it's it's harder work than than you can imagine. Um, try sitting for an hour. Try living your life for an hour, and I don't mean in bed with the covers over your head. But try going out and for an hour not being judgmental. Mm-hmm. And shadowing it's, yourself too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it is, it takes effort. It takes reprogramming yourself to look at life differently. And once you start reprogramming yourself to look at life differently, life becomes enhanced and more vibrant because you're, you're embracing what is there instead of judging it. Mm -hmm. Right. And self-discipline. And also, and, you know, since I was little, I, I was always reading books. I'm sure most people do read, but it seems to me like I was always, always educating myself in one form or another, always doing something, studying, uh-huh. doing something on a different level, which didn't encompass anything that was mainstream in education or anything like that. So yeah, it's a life experience. You just learn and grow and evolve as you, as you do. And, and we learn by doing, you know, not by observing or being voyeurs, but by literally getting out there, rolling up our sleeves and interacting and, and uh, just going with it. Oh, gee, and and the other element that is that is fun to do is is the random acts of kindness. I mean, it, it's so much fun to to compliment somebody in the grocery store for the color they're wearing and telling them how pretty they look, and then moving on, and knowing that I, you can literally, if you get practiced, if you understand energy, if you pay attention to how things flow and how people radiate, you can see their aura change and, and a, a sense of joy come over their face. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's an amazing experience and doesn't cost you anything, by the way, either. So it, it's sort of like, try the simple things, try to turn around, try to, to re, reprogram yourself to be more loving and kind. And that doesn't mean that, that you, you begin to, you know, not stick up for yourself or anything like that. It means that there's a sense of, of self-empowerment that's going on here. And, and mm-hmm. you know, yeah, don't go rob a bank. But, but it, it, it feels to me as though the lessons, you know, the ascension process, you know, growing and, and 
expanding into the light that is within you is is definitely work and it takes time and it takes application and it takes dedication and it takes intent it takes a lot mm-hmm. but but the benefits you get from it are so spectacular that it's un, you know it's unbelievable Mm-hmm. It brings enlightenment too, and with enlightenment comes more inspiration, and and it is kind of osmosis too, because once you start resetting your own spiritual battery, it emanates ev- everywhere else. It radiates to other people, as you were saying. You know, random acts of kindness—that's so true. Um, and then the energetic exchange associated with that is very, very powerful. There's no doubt about it. And what the other part is that 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 I love with with all of this stuff is that. You begin to, you know, I've, I've been at this for over 50 years and you've been at, at it for a long time, too. And mm-hmm. the, 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 the wonderful, exciting part about all of this is that, that you, you come to a time where you think, OK, I've seen it all and I know it. You know, I, I have glimpses of it and I know and I often say I know I know a little about a lot enough to get in trouble and the reality here is that the further you expand the further you grow the more you find to learn it never ends it's just the coolest thing ever there is always something else that is going to sit you back on your heels and say well damn i never i never even saw that and Mm -hmm. you know i i mean when the emerald tablets came on my radar i was i was shocked That all of that was out there and I never knew about it. And here I've been in this field for so long. And and every now and then there's there's another hint. And, and what's what's so exciting is that spirit um, does it. It gives you a tidbit here and a tidbit there. And then suddenly once you're on the hook, then 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 then, then it's it's an amazing journey because then you are you know, expanding your frame of reference to a greater degree so that you have so much more to share with other people. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah, it's interesting how that unravels right before our eyes. As soon as we start learning one thing, it's just like a chain reaction. Something else comes in and then something else. But yeah, and it's all about energy too. Once again, it's almost like a geometric pattern that you just keep absorbing each piece of the pattern into your cells and your atoms and your DNA, and it just keeps going and going and going. But yeah, it's, it's it's fascinating. It is quite a journey. When we start to look and see what the real journey is behind all this craziness and the false matrices, then you start seeing the real picture behind it all. It's a fascinating scene. It's it's really, really infinite and, and incredible. And yeah, I just mean, we I've just touched a glimpse. I mean, I feel like I've learned an awful lot and I know an awful lot, but I just have a glimpse of things. Um, there's so much more. Yeah, you know? and you, you get to the point where... I keep saying, oh, gosh, there's there's so much to, to, to kind of assimilate and mm-hmm. and grow into. And is there enough time? And then I get the message back. There's always enough time. Don't sweat that stuff. You know, just enjoy the trip. Mm-hmm. And and I, I do believe that that's the message. I, I do believe that there are um, teachers, wise people um, that are here on the planet every lifetime that are there that are there to sort of um, – titillate people to to drop crumbs and say okay follow the crumbs and find the cake and and nobody ever says well you know do you have the cake and the reality is no i don't have the cake i'm following my own crumb trail (laughs) that's so true isn't it somebody once said to me um what do your followers think about, you know, all the stuff that you, you're involved in? And my answer was, I would be horrified if anybody was following me because I don't know where I'm going. That's a good, yeah, that's a very, very good. Yeah, it's true. We, they should be their own leader. You know, it's okay to inspire people, but yeah, hopefully they're not the lemmings that are. 
<laughs> well, I have changed my philosophy so many times over the years that that you know, I would be horrified to think that anybody you know if, I I can I can give you my philosophy on something today, but check with me tomorrow; it may have changed. Well, that's because everything's in flux, though. That makes sense that everything is in vibratory flux. So it might change the dynamic. It may be a different signature tomorrow or even from day to day, from moment to moment. Yeah, that's the dangerous thing. It's, um, but, but, you know, the concept of we have within us a perfect spirit that is traveling through, through the space-time continuum mm-hmm. and, and, you don't you don't really know exactly where it's been. It's it's kind of I was I was doing past life readings on people one night, um, and and it was on it was on um, freedom slips, and when I got to to this one particular lifetime for the guy, I said, "Huh, that's really strange." And he kept saying, "Go on, go on." I said, "No, this is weird." And he said, "Go on." I said, "You're a green blob, actually." <laughs> <laughs> and, and I said, "That's the." I, I said, "You're not a solid blob. You're a translucent blob. blob. You're pure energy, and and you're in a an atmosphere and an environment in which this is the form that you needed to take to experience this particular lifetime." And he said, "Yeah, I've seen that." And I thought, either he's crazy or I am, because but but you know, I interesting. It, it, yeah. Well, if he saw it, then that's uh, obviously you're hitting something right there. Yeah, he said he had dreamt of it often, and mm. and and it was um, and it, it yeah, I kind of went back afterwards and tried to reconnect, and it was it was definitely um, there was there there was intelligence in the blobs. They, they were communicating. There was, and, and I don't know if I was down at a cellular level or if it was bigger than that or what, it was his past life, but it was, wow. it, it was fascinating because mm-hmm. there, there was intelligence, there was um, interaction, there was, that was their form for that particular dimensional place and time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very interesting. It sounds like you've You've been really piercing some some multidimensional veils. There's no doubt about that. Oh, Most yes. people would pick up on that. Most people wouldn't, you know, they'd get the regular stuff. <laughs> well, well uh, you do it enough. You have to, you know, stretch beyond, I guess. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But, so, so tell me, just out of curiosity, have you seen Interstellar? You know, I don't think I have. Wait a second. Um, is that the one where he goes to the wormhole in the end? Wait a second. Yeah. Okay, I did see it. I did see it on YouTube. I think I saw it. I didn't see it at the theater, though. Well, but it was good. I it, I think the 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 best line in the whole book was, um, they kept talking about them, and the realization came that we are them, and mm-hmm. that that um, we truly are. In that, in 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 that, we, we are a part of that particular dimension as well and that in this dimension we have the physicality to impact our reality and in other dimensions there is not a physicality so that there is just the the wisdom and and in order to make changes and shifts you have to connect to a part of you that is in a physical reality in order to orchestrate that Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes perfect sense as, as we exist multidimensionally simultaneously. Yep, absolutely. And of course, as we exist with these soul extensions, you know, permeating in these other multiple dimensions, you have other species out there, which makes perfect sense that we would be um, 
interconnected with many, many races and species. That's why I've always said too that we're star beings, that we, you know, we're very vast, infinite beings. And and to be lied or slept into a false matrix like like mankind has been, no more. It has to be um, ripped away. Well, I, I don't know that we're going to rip it away, but I think it's going piecemeal. I think we're we're mm-hmm. we're shredding it to a certain degree, and and the more that that, that people wake up, I I often have said in some of my you know forecasts for the future and stuff, have said that that the masses are waking up, and I spoke all last year about the masses waking up and the masses um, becoming aware and the masses you know not not being not slumbering in their apathy and one of the other one of one of the um one of the phrases that came out of one of them was you know if you slumber they will plunder and that's exactly what happened mm-hmm. so you know i i am so delighted that 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 there was a shift that that the expected did not happen mm-hmm. that we Me are too. that we are on um unplowed territory so to speak so it's it's going to be fascinating to see how mm-hmm. all of this comes out i keep you know i keep seeing somebody juggling in the balls of being in the air that 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 the future isn't written it, it really is in transition itself so mm-hmm. that i think humanity took a turn and, and it was a good turn so yep. that so that um it, it's all up to us. It's all up to people paying attention and not going back to sleep. I agree. It's like we're heading towards the light. Yep. I think that we are in a good direction, even though there's turbulence right now, but that's to be expected as, as people let go of their own false you know, paradigms and programming. But yeah, I agree with you. I think we're in for some interesting times, but I think we have some great potential to make some, some phenomenal leaps in consciousness as, and as a group and as a, um, a race, if people step up. Oh, I totally agree. I, I think that I think we were at a crossroads that that humanity took a turn that nobody expected, mm-hmm. and and, uh, and and I I don't think it has to do entirely with the presidency. I think it has to do with the consciousness of mankind. Mm-hmm. I agree. So that so that. Uh, no matter what happens, I, I'm sure humanity will survive. I don't think that we are. But it's funny. I think that this kind of a reality will become history, will be discarded at some point down the line. Mm-hmm. That, that the physicality is something that at some point in time, maybe thousands and thousands of years in the future or another dimension, um, that, that the physicality won't be necessary anymore. Right. Well, that's what the light body or the beings of light, bodies of light in mm-hmm. another multiverse. I mean, I know there are other worlds out there um, that are much more suitable for me. Um, I can only speak for myself, but yeah, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to other other areas in the cosmos. You know, that's uh, I want to keep journeying and, and keep growing and evolving. And, and I don't believe we have to die physically to do that. And that's part of the ascension process as well, that we can take our bodies with us through through the light body and, and converting it. And also being able to navigate through consciousness and multidimensionally through phase shifting. So, you know, imagine that. Imagine the um, the frequencies calibrated to such a level with each body that we can actually do that without corporate control, without government control or religious control. That's really what I think we're, we're, we as a race are supposed to be doing. Oh, I, I agree with you. I, and and while it may not be this lifetime, it does feel like it's something. It, it's something that I think I feel that I remember. Mm-hmm. So it's it's something that that spiritually, 
has been done before, and that means it can be done yet again. And that we're on we're on cycles. You know, we're, while we're on cycles here in the human lifespan and stuff like that, I do believe that spiritually there is a cycle as well that 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 is probably far greater than what we experience here, but that that there is a greater awakening. Oh, shoot. Um, thank you, Solara, so much. This has been such fun. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me, Barbara. It's been an honor and a pleasure. I, I will talk to you about the uh, the other thing, too. Okay, great. Yes, absolutely. Take care now. Thank you, Deb. Thank you, everybody. Radio at freedomslips.com. We'll be right back after this message. This is Barbara DeLong, host of Nightlight Radio, inviting you to join me on a cosmic journey, exploring a metaphysical montage of spiritual material, covering everything from the mundane to the magical. UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between, including spiritual readings for those who seek enlightenment. Let Nightlight provide you with equal measure of light, love and laughter, insight, wisdom, and inspiration. Monday nights, 10 to 12 p.m. Eastern, right here on Studio B, Revolution Radio, at freedomslips.com. Who are we? Where do we come from? Are you curious about the origins of the human race? Join me, Gavin McCall, and a variety of guests on Ancient Humans, where we decipher world events, explore science,